Hello there, I'm excited to bring God's word to you by reason of this podcast and I'm excited about what God's word has to offer us. One thing I want you to understand is that God has made his word such that it it has within it everything that we need for life and for godliness. God's word can impact upon our spirit, it can impact upon our souls and it can impact upon our body. It has effect upon the total man. The word of God is not biased, you know, and God's word can carry along every issue, every problem, and can overwhelm every issue. It can overwhelm every situation. It can overwhelm every problem. God's word has that capacity. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, and verse 12, it says that the word of God is quick, is living, and powerful. That alone is comforting. God's word is quick. God's word is powerful. And then he says it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So God's word has a a tripartal influence upon the you know the, the the total man. God's word has an influence upon your spirit. It can strengthen your spirit. It can invigorate you. It can give you power. It can give you might. You know, it can do that to your spirit. It renews your mind. It transforms your mind. And it gives health. It gives strength. It gives, you know, uh, life to your body. So God's word can carry and, you know, it can have an influence upon every part of man. I want to study contemplation this morning on the subject of the glory of God. The glory of God. You know, what comes to your mind exactly when you hear the glory of God? What, what exactly comes to mind? You know, sometimes we get so used to certain Christian vocabulary that we, you know, the meaning is lost on us over, over, over the years, over time. The meaning just get lost, lost on us. We don't know exactly what it is, what should we be expecting. And the thing about spiritual things is that they, they work with knowledge, they work with revelation. Spiritual things are activated by revelation. There, they're activated by revelation. So you will see the Bible oftentimes will say things like, I do not want you to be ignorant. Mm. You see that now, especially in the New Testament. Paul, by the Spirit of God, will tell the church, I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. For instance, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. And then you also see the word knowledge, revelation, knowledge, revelation, repeatedly in the scripture is because spiritual things are activated, first of all, by a revelation of them, by light. And because where revelation is, where there is light, once light dawns in our heart, it brings faith to be able to act on that word. It brings faith to be able to replicate the experience of that word in our lives. Hallelujah. God's word is not just meant for the pages of the Bible. God's word is supposed to become life to us. It's supposed to become life to us. It's supposed to become an experience for us. We're supposed to step into the experience of God's word and enjoy the benefits of it. So when we hear God's glory, sometimes because we've used it so much in Christian circles, we don't even know exactly what it is. And it would be good to just have an idea, have a revelation of what the glory of God is. It will help our experiences. And the first thing I want to say about the glory of God is that the glory of God actually talks about the weight of God's presence. The glory of God, I'll say that again, the glory of God talks about the weight 
of God's presence. You know, naturally speaking, when you're talking about the weight of an individual in a space, the weight of an individual, you know, upon a circumstance or situation, you see, we are talking about the the influence that individual can wield, you're right, to bring about a particular solution or to bring about a particular uh, uh, purpose or goal. You want to get this thing done. But, you know, some people have a huge influence, can impact you see, it can either can impact upon a particular situation to arrive at a desired result. That's what you know we talk about when we talk about the weight of God's presence. In other words, you're talking about the influence God's presence can bring in a space. Hmm. We are talking about the the magnitude that God's presence comes with in a particular location, in a space, in a life. That when God moves in, when God gets involved in a matter, it can topple the matter in a direction. Mm. God is big enough to top the scale, to topple the scale in a particular direction. God is mighty enough to create changes in our our fatal. So when we talk about the glory of God in a particular location, when we talk about the glory of God just came in and someone talks about, oh, that's the glory of God. We are talking about the fact that God came into that space by reason of his weight. He, he made his influence known. He made his influence known. I'm going to be opening some scriptures to us this morning that will just enlighten us and help us see these things the way we are supposed to see them. But know this, God's weight talks about God's glory. In other words, when you, when you put God upon a wing scale, what you get is measured in glory. Uh, when, you, when you measure the presence of God, what you get is in glory. So when we talk about the glory of God, we talk about the influence that God is bringing on board. We talk about the weight that God is bringing on board. Sometimes, you know, you have a bird, you have a company rather, and the company has a bird. And because of certain names within that bird, it just, you know, it helps you in the way, you know, things happen for that company. Because perhaps those name have certain things attached to them you see and that was why God told Abraham when he was blessing Abraham among the several things God said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 he said I'm gonna bless you he says I'm gonna make you a father of many nations and then he says I'm going to make your name great so there are certain names there are certain personalities that can topple a particular skill in a direction <laughs> In other words, you know, certain things have been going in a particular direction. But by the time the glory of God hits you, it causes you to, you know, begin to go in another direction. It causes a positive influence in your life. And I'm going to give us certain examples of, you know, what we are talking about. If I'm just going to be um, explaining, we may not have time to read up some of these scriptures. But, you know, you could just go after this podcast and look at the scriptures again very carefully in the book of first samuel chapter 4 first samuel chapter 4 you know if you if you read that old scripture quite an interesting read actually um the children of israel waged war against the philistines they were in battle with the philistines and then they went to battle the fort and the children of israel actually were defeated in the face of the philistines the children of israel fit, fell flat on their faces they could not overcome that war. 
I mean, and they felt, wow, why would this happen? What, what manner of thing is this? Why, why would this be the case? Why would this be the situation? What exactly is the problem? And then when the children of Israel saw it, they said, okay, you know what? It's because the Ark of the Covenant is not with us. If we go bring the Ark of the Covenant and bring it here, we will discover that God will you know, back us up, we will discover that things will change. The Ark of the Covenant represented God's dwelling place in the Old Testament. In actual fact, between the cherubim and the seraphim, there you found the glory of God. And that's why the Ark of Covenant was kept closed. I mean, you could not just come in contact with the Ark of Covenant. You know, there's some honor, there was some reverence that was attached to it because that was God's dwelling place in the Old Testament. That was, the, that was, the, that was, the, that was God's dwelling place. And so it wasn't open to oil and sundry. That's because that was where God dwelt. And then the children of Israel said, you know what? We're going to bring the Ark of Covenant, which will signify the dwelling place of God, which signified, you know, the place where God is. It signified God's glory. That's where God's glory is. That's where God's weight is. And so they brought the Ark of Covenant and brought it to the battleground. <laughs> they, brought, they brought the Ark of Covenant to the battleground. And you need to notice what happened. When the brother Ark of Covenant, you read from 1 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 5, the Bible says that when the Ark of Covenant came to the battlefield, the children of Israel, the Israelites, they shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Hmm. Can you imagine that? They shouted, made a loud noise so much that the earth shook where they were. I mean, where they were actually vibrated because of their shout. And why exactly were they shouting again? Because the Ark of Covenant had arrived on the battleground. Wow! What exactly is this Ark of Covenant? You see, the children of Israel were familiar with the influence that God can wield oh, in a particular situation. The children of Israel were familiar with God's ability when it comes on the scene. Oh, there. They know that though we were defeated, but now with the arrival of the Ark of Covenant, which signified the arrival of the glory of God and of the weight of God in a particular situation, that situation being a battle against the Philistines, specifically in First Samuel chapter 4, it only meant, you know, that they were going to be victors. It only spelt doom for the Philistines. It commanded victory, even without starting, without the fight starting. I mean, without entering into the battle I mean, nothing that actually happened. They had not won the victory as it were. I mean, all that happened was that the Ark of Covenant came into the space. They had not actually won. And if you read through 1 Samuel, you see that even after the, the arrival of the Ark of Covenant, yet the Philistines overcame them. The Philistines still overcame them. The Philistines still, you know, did battle with them and won the victory. You see that? So, and that was due to, you know, because of sin amongst them. We, we, we will not go into that this morning. But what I want us to see is this, that the children of Israel had an idea of what the glory of God could do. 
They had an idea of what the glory of God could you know, impact. They had an idea of the influence that God had in a space. And I'm saying that the influence God has in a life, in a location, in a space, in a business, in a family, is what we refer to as the glory of God. Is what we refer to as the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we read in 2 Samuel, this is first Samuel. If we read in 2 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 5 and 6, we'll see the story of Obedidom. I mean, David went to bring the Ark of Covenant, was going to bring the Ark of Covenant to the city of David to Zion. And while that was happening, there was a tragic incident and then um, someone died. Now, David felt, wow, if this is what the Ark of Covenant you know, is doing, I, I don't think I want it in Zion yet. I don't think I want it in my city yet. Let me just put it in the house of one called Obed Adam. Hmm. And then they left the Ark of Covenant. If you read Second Samuel chapter 6, you know, you'll find this reference there. They put it in the house of Obed Adam. And for three months, the Ark of Covenant, notice, which is symbolic of God's presence, symbolic of God's glory, was in the house of Obed Adam. And in three months, oh, hallelujah, in three months, we began to see the effect of this glory in the house of Obedidum. And not just for Obedidum as an individual, but Obedidum as a household. I mean, the Bible says that his household became prosperous. Why? What exactly changed? The only thing that changed was that the glory of God moved into his space. Mm. The glory of God moved into his space. The glory of God moved into his space. That was what happened. That was what happened. So the glory of God is the way to God. Brethren, if all I can get you to see this morning is to know that God's glory has the ability to topple things in a, in, in, in a different direction. God's glory has the ability to bring about an influence and bring about a change that you desire. If that's the only thing that you see that is sufficient. God's glory has that ability to change things. It has the ability to turn things the upside down the right way up. It has the ability to heal. When God's glory comes into a space, it comes with his weight. It comes full of solutions. It comes full of ideas. It comes full of wisdom. It comes full of strength. Everything you need has its answer in the glory of God. And the same way the glory of God was able to come into the space where Obedidim was and change things for the good, the same way God's glory can change things for your good. Hallelujah. When I want you to meditate, we won't be able to go further than that this morning. I want you to meditate on these things. We'll pick up from here. This is good. We're going to take our time just to look at this thing. We won't rush through it. No, we will just take our time to look at it. And then till we meet next week, you see, please spend time meditating on this glory. I'm sure God has great things in store for you this weekend. Have a blessed weekend ahead. God bless you.